Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Luke. Hello, faithful listener, and happy Thursday. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast here, and I'm ready to discuss Luke chapter 16 because um, it's going to be a lot today. In fact, all of Luke 16, I think I mentioned this on Tuesday when we first started Luke 16, I was like, it's a hard chapter to talk about for sure. It, It really is. It has a lot of difficult concepts in it. But let's go ahead and talk about Luke 16, 11 through 18. Let's just go ahead and jump right into this. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version as I always do, but please feel free to read out the version that you prefer, whatever version that might be, and also grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea. And let's read this together. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and start on verse 10, because even though we talked about verse 10 on, um, On Tuesday, it still definitely applies to today. So I'll be reading from verses 10 through 18. He who is faithful in very little is faithful also in much. He who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? If you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You aren't able to serve God and mammon. The Pharisees who were lovers of money also heard these things, and they scoffed at him. He said to them, You are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were until John. From that time, the good news of God's kingdom is preached, and everyone is forcing his way into it. But it is easier for heaven and for earth to pass away than for one tiny stroke of a pen in the law to fall. Everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. He who marries one who is divorced from a husband commits adultery. Okay, that's a lot to unpack. (laughs) So let's just do it. Okay, so verse 10, even though we talked about this one on Tuesday, it definitely flows into what we talked about today. So he who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. He who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. So that means that if God gives you very little and you are unfaithful with it or you do something wrong with it, then you are not going to be faithful in the larger things that God might have for you. And God might not give you those larger things because you weren't faithful in the little things. And I believe one of the little things that Jesus is talking about is in verse 11, which is the unrighteous mammon, which we also talked about on Tuesday, meaning the stuff of the earth. In other words, money, resources, riches, wealth, whatever it might be. That is considered to be mammon. And once again, it does not have to be necessarily money, but things almost related to money, things related to wealth in general. So Jesus calls mammon unrighteous here. He says, therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? So why does Jesus call it unrighteous? Because oftentimes wealth is at odds with service of God. And that is what we talked about on Tuesday. 
We know that the world is very corrupt. No matter where you go in the world, there is corruption because of money and because of wealth. And the Pharisees at this time period were very corrupt because of money. There were times, I think in Matthew, Jesus talked about how the Pharisees bulldoze over widows and children just to get their houses and their money and whatever else and like leave the widows out to fend for themselves. I think Jesus talked about that. So these Pharisees at the time were very corrupt. And it's not just the Pharisees back in Jesus's day. I mean, look at the preachers that you see on the, uh, you know, the big screen. (laughs) A lot of them are corrupt. And I shouldn't say all of them are because they're not all corrupt, but many of them do want and do it for the money. And they take advantage of older people. There's a lot of stuff going on there when it comes to money. And even me, I have a very hard time balancing this ministry and doing it uh, for free and giving you guys content and also wanting to get paid for it. I do balance that. And I'm not even going to lie and say that uh, it's not a struggle for me because it absolutely is. He who is faithful in very little, a.k.a. unrighteous mammon, will also be faithful in much. So if we balance our resources well, if we financially plan, if we give, these are all good ways of using something that is of the world for other people. Once again, I talked about all this on Tuesday, so that's kind of like a recap And if you didn't listen to that episode, I recommend going back and doing that. But anyway, Jesus says that if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? What are the true riches? Well, of course, they're the things of God. The true riches are what we're going to be storing up, what we're supposed to be storing up in heaven. So really, there's a very fine line of making sure that you don't have greed when you are doing something for God. But it's not wrong to get paid. And this is why so many people have such a hard time. So many Christians have such a hard time with money because love of money and greed is such a wrong thing. And it's so easy to cross that line into that territory. But money in and of itself, if you get paid for something you're doing, it is not wrong. In fact, that is biblical. It says in the Bible that a worker is worthy of wages. So, yes, We are supposed to be paid for our hard work. The pastor is supposed to be paid for his hard work. And anybody else that works in the church on staff should be getting paid. So then there's the other line of people that are like, oh, well, pastors shouldn't be paid because, you know, it's it's voluntary work. It's of God or whatever. But even Paul talked about how when he went out to different churches and they gave, that was a good thing. When they gave money to Paul and to the ministry and to whatever else, it's a good thing to give. So (laughs) it's just such a hard, hard line of making sure that you are using your money for God's glory, planning your finances well with what God gives you, but also making sure that you don't cross over into that greedy territory. So yes, very, very hard thing to talk about. But Jesus says here, no servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You aren't able to serve God and mammon because if if somebody loves money too much, they are not only crossing into that greed territory, but they are loving the things of the world more than they are loving God. 
Now, on the opposite side of that spectrum, if you love God, you're not going to care so much about the money. You're going to want to do the things of God. You might want that money so that you can continue to support God's ministry so you can continue to help people, but you're not going to have that love of money the same way that the person, I guess, of the world loves that money. So this is a concept that Jesus is trying to drive home, especially since these Pharisees are listening in. The Pharisees who loved money so much, because that's what it says. The Pharisees who were lovers of money also heard these things and they scoffed at him. So they're like, sure, Jesus, that's what they said. So they couldn't love God because they loved the money too much. And, you know, this is not just a story for the Pharisees. Not at all. This is a story for everybody. Every single person reading this can take something from this for sure. So Jesus goes on to talk about basically the heart more. He says to the Pharisees who scoffed at him, you are those people who justify yourselves in the sight of men. So you want to look good in front of men, but God knows your hearts. So you're doing all these things to look good outwardly, but God knows your heart. He knows how corrupt you are. He knows how evil you are. That's what Jesus is saying to these Pharisees. For that which is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. This is the whole thing where God looks at the heart, not on the outward appearance, not on the stuff that uh, we are doing, not on good works. He looks at the heart. So, for example, let's just say that there's a person out there that is doing good works, but he doesn't actually care about God. He's only doing them because he wants to look good in front of people. He's the typical Enneagram type three. <laughs> Fun fact, I'm an Enneagram type three. And I don't know if you guys like the Enneagram. Some people really have a problem with it. But uh, this guy is the typical Enneagram type three that is only doing, um, you know, good works so that he can be noticed. So this person is applauded, you know, he's doing all these cool things and all these people are like, yay, you, you know, you're, you're doing such a great job. And that's the only reward he's going to get because his heart is not for God. His heart is for the accolade he's receiving. So Jesus says the things that are praised, God actually looks at them as an abomination because they are being done with the wrong heart. So all of this is about the heart. That's how it gets summed up. Even the things with money, it depends on your heart, whether or not money, I guess, is a sin. It's the love of money that becomes the sin. So everything boils down to where is your heart for the, these issues. Then Jesus says, the law and the prophets were until John. From that time, the good news of God's kingdom is preached and everyone is forcing his way into it. So people want God's kingdom. And when he says John, he's talking about John the Baptist. So the law was active until the time of John. Then it became fulfilled. But then Jesus talks about something kind of interesting. He says, yes, the law is fulfilled, but it's not going to pass away. In fact, it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one tiny stroke of the pen in the law to fall, is what it says. So in other words, the law is still in existence. We're reading about it right now in the Old Testament episodes. The law is still around. And Jesus gives an example of this where he talks about divorce. 
Everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. He who marries one who is divorced from a husband commits adultery. So Jesus is talking about the law here where it says that God hates divorce and for a husband to divorce his wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty. That's a verse. And Jesus is giving an example how even though the law has been fulfilled, the law still stands because God is the same yesterday, today and forever. So if God says that it is wrong to divorce your wife over nothing way back in the Old Testament, he's going to Stick with that until now, until right now at this very moment and beyond, because God is the same. So to divorce one's wife for absolutely no reason, and we've talked about this, the Pharisees believed that they could divorce their wife only over any reason that they wanted to. If they saw a hotter chick walking down the street and they were like, yep, that's the girl, they could go home, give their wife divorce papers and set her, you know, send her away. Goodbye. You're done. See ya. Fun fact, Pablo Picasso did that. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know why I thought of that, but Pablo Picasso, the artist, was uh, famous for just like randomly telling his girls to just leave his like girlfriends and stuff. He'd just pack their bags and be like, OK, you're out of here. And that's what the Pharisees would do. They would just go home, decide they didn't want their wife anymore for whatever reason, and then give her divorce papers. And that was overwhelming her with cruelty. Now, you have to look at this in context, just as a side note. There are many, many other verses that talk about divorce in the Bible. And I always say, what's the context of something? Well, Jesus is talking about the Pharisees here. So the context is he is explaining the law to the Pharisees. They were overwhelming their wives with cruelty to go and marry another woman, because that's what it says. He who marries one who is divorced from a husband commits adultery. Now, I've stated my opinion about divorce in the past, and personally, I do believe that this is the most biblical answer for divorce, which is it's the last thing that you do. You should try to repair the relationship first in any way that you can before divorce. Now, there are exceptions to that rule, and I am not saying in any way that if you are being physically abused that you need to stay in that relationship, so don't get me wrong on that. However, in the normal relationship, I do believe that a husband and a wife should work it out and divorce is the last thing that they should do because it's not, it's just not good. It's not good for the kids. It's not good for the husband and wife. And as somebody who's been married now for, holy moly, eight years almost, <laughs> I'd be devastated to go through a divorce. And if I had kids, I'm sure it would be much worse. And I know people who have been through very, very terrible divorces that could echo me on that. But that being said, I know God is so incredibly merciful. And I know people who have been through really terrible divorces that are now remarried to wonderful husbands and wives. But I do think that Jesus is pretty clear that you do not divorce your husband or your wife over no reason. Just because you decide you like somebody better. It's very clear in scripture that that is just wrong. So we don't divorce our spouses over that. And God to this day, even though he put it down in the law a long time ago for the Israelite people, it still stands to this day. It is not an outdated rule, even though the law has been fulfilled. And there are certain things we just don't have to do anymore, like animal sacrifices, because Jesus took care of all that. The law still applies. And it's important to go back and read the law 
and to study it to really understand who God is. And I think that is the most important reason we go back and read the law. And fun fact, this podcast actually gets more listens, more listeners on the Old Testament episodes than it does the New Testament episodes. I find that kind of interesting, but I'm actually not surprised because I think people are really craving to understand the Old Testament, as am I. There's just something about the Old Testament law that just talks about who God really is. And it's so important to go back and to delve in and read it and understand it. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it says that in scripture. I'm not just making that up. That's a verse. It says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what he wrote down for the Israelites thousands of years ago still applies in some context today. And Jesus even was a law follower. We often like to think of Jesus as some rebel, but no, he wasn't. He followed the law to a T and he taught that we should also be studying the law, be reading it, be understanding it, because it's really going to help us understand who God is. Well, that being said, make sure to tune into tomorrow's Old Testament episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been really fun. We just talked about... Um, the people getting angry at Moses and Aaron and Moses striking the rock and getting punished for that. So that was yesterday's episode. And if you didn't get a chance to catch it, I recommend that you do. But anyway, friends and faith listeners, I do an Old Testament episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, and a New Testament episode every Tuesdays and Thursdays. So yes, I, I try to do a healthy balance of both. So tune in tomorrow, 6 a.m. or whenever you wake up for an episode out of Numbers chapter 20. But also, if you would like to get into contact with me for any reason, or you want to just stay updated with everything P40 Ministries and the Bible Explained podcast is doing, then go over to the website www.p40ministries.com and subscribe to the email list, and that will keep you updated with everything P40 Ministries is doing. Anyway, friends and faithful listeners, I really hope you just have a wonderful Thursday, and don't forget to join in tomorrow. Faithful listener, happy listening, and God bless. Mm-hmm.